So I've gone on record quite often here over the last couple of weeks in the fast lane and proclaimed that while the upside is clearly there for Caden Salter, and I think the Liberty University football coaching staff would like for Salter to be the guy, and I have no inside knowledge right now as I make this proclamation. This is just kind of my deductive reasoning on everything. That I go with Jonathan Bennett as the guy, in part because if he struggles early, you can pull the plug. And yes, the coaching staff has said they don't want somebody looking over their shoulder, but you know, for the fans, you see somebody with tantalizing athleticism even if they have struggles, and sometimes it may be bad decision-making, but if the plays are good and positive from just a raw athletic standpoint, it can be really hard to convince a lot of fans out there that, hey, he's not quite ready. Now, for someone like Caden Salter, he should be ready. He's been at Liberty for a couple of years. I do grant him that the system has changed for everyone else. But, you know, if you look at Liberty right now, a lot of it is the fact that, in part, there's been a lot of instability. Just the coaching change initially, and then obviously the Taj Boyd tragedy earlier this year, or earlier this summer at the beginning of camp, building to where Liberty is right now. And most specifically, you know, you combine all of this with just the disjointed feeling around camp. And that's where I've gone and said that, you know, and maybe I'll get some inside information in the next couple of days and it might change my perspective on this. Uh, and it could. That, you know, first of all, if I were betting this, I'd want to see what the number was initially and then see if initial <clears throat> steam has moved this number one way or another, because that's often an indicator that somebody knows something and the cat's out of the bag. Now, betting who might be the starting quarterback at Alabama might actually get you some action at a large sports book. With all due respect to Liberty University, betting who will be the first snap taker at Liberty is not nearly as desirable from a sports betting standpoint. So it's almost impossible that a sports book is going to have odds on this. Now, credit to uh, a sea of red.com. By the way, enjoyed being on their football preview show podcast last night. Check the link out. We've got it up at Fastlane Ed Lane on our Twitter handle. But they had Jonathan Bennett at minus 150 as the initial outlook for the starting quarterback for Liberty. And I thought that was fair. Uh, again, I would intend to believe in that, if nothing more than. He represents the greatest amount of stability during a time in an offseason where it is clear there has been a lot of instability for Liberty University. But there's an element of gamesmanship to Liberty. And here is what fans are going to hear and then what we get to decipher for you, which is where we get to go into what he said and what he meant, perhaps a couple of different versions of it this week. But most specifically, Jamie Chadwell speaking today including his direct commentary about the quarterback competition. Nothing beats an insightful press conference. I think I realized we got a long way to go. You know, uh, we definitely did some good things, and we did some things that we, we want to take back. We left some yards and some points out there on the field, but for the first time coming out uh, and to get a dub is really a blessing, and we were just happy to have that. That's why you need so-called experts to decipher what's really being said. It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. It's time for what he said and what he meant. True insight into all the cliches and coach speak. So this is where we get to have fun, perhaps at the expense of Liberty head football coach Jamie Chabwell and maybe later this week offensive coordinator Willie Korn. But first and foremost, 
Liberty head football coach Jamie Chadwell, mentioning that they privately know the quarterback order, but they don't really want to divulge it. We have, um, you know, internally we know what it is. Our our our, our uh, quarterbacks know what it is, know who the order is right now, and so that's not something we're probably going to announce publicly for a while. Uh, but um, but they have an idea who they are, and they, we we've met with them and let them know and. And as we practice, as we practice uh, going forward, the the uh, the guys that go out there will be what our mindset is. I hope I hope nobody puts that on social media for the next week and a half. See you, Red, and um, and so that, that we can try to keep that quiet. It's interesting because you get fan reaction, and by the way, share yours at Fast Lane Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram to chime in we're overdue on getting to some of that and we may do that tomorrow in the fast lane because friday's going to be absolutely nuts with the 10th straight season of jefferson forest cavalier football presented by trostlaw.com kicking off that evening so uh, just bear with us on friday but we'll try to get to some feedback particularly thursday in the fast lane but what jamie chadwell said is we have a starter what he means is we're going to try to play this as close to the vest as possible which given things that have happened to liberty is not necessarily a bad thing. And he was at least willing to elaborate on when the coaching staff and team will actually announce who the starting quarterback is. We'll probably announce it, uh, what time's kickoff? 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock, probably about 11.45. So, 11.45. So, we've got three guys that have played college football. And, um, and so, um, there's three guys people have to prepare for, potentially. Little cat and mouse. I mean, some of that is the case for Liberty, and you can roll your eyes in a lot of those situations. I don't think it's uncalled for, though, to at least consider what Liberty has endured, if you will. Certainly the off-field tragedy with Taj Boyd, but the coaching staff change and everything else that's popped up to realize where Liberty is. And that they're willing to play a cat and mouse game in part because, as Jamie Chadwell noted earlier today, they need every advantage they theoretically can get. We need any advantage we can get right now. So, um, yeah, that's part of it. You know, part of it, you got to try to find a way to win a game, right, no matter what you have. And so that's what we're trying to do. Uh, and also get, get your team uh, in all three phases prepared for, um, you know, we're shooting for a 14-game season. That's what we want to have. And so to do that, you got to prepare uh, accordingly. And so it's been a challenge with a lot of the different things that have happened, but that's what we're preparing for. It's been a challenge. We need every advantage we can get. The tone for Liberty University's head football coach, Jamie Chabwell. What he basically is saying is there's been a lot of chaos around this camp, relatively speaking. And he even went so far as to multiple times use the phrase unusual when describing camp. This camp felt like it was forever. Um, You know, probably uh, it wasn't the hardest camp as far as from just practice, but just all the different things. It it felt like we were here four months, you know, and that's why I had to get my haircut. It has so much gray showing. When you put that into context for Liberty, that's why I go with Jonathan Bennett is the guy I would think Liberty goes with. He provides stability at a time where the program has not had it. He brings that to Liberty University's football team. And Salter clearly has the upside. If he's the guy, it would indicate the coaching staff believes he has taken a major leap forward in terms of all of the intangibles brought in. 
But what Jamie Chabell is basically saying through his press conference today is we're in a spot where we've had a lot of chaos. It's been really hard to get any type of rhythm going in camp because of the Taj Boyd tragedy, because you're implementing a new offensive system. The defense has a lot of moving parts. What coaches often value the most is not the player that can make the wow plays, which is Caden Salter, obviously, but the stability and the predictability. Now, I could easily see a scenario where it's Caden Salter. It wouldn't shock me because he has taken the step forward if that's what the coaching staff deems. I would tend to believe it's down to one of those two guys and Bennett or Salter. Hampton, whether he meant to or not, it seemed like uh, Jamie Chabwell kind of uh, ruled that one out earlier today. Trey Lowe, most people thought he had kind of slipped into the background, and uh, that's kind of been the projection. So, you know, I would say it's down to those two of Salter and Bennett. But, you know, it's got to be in a spot where we've seen Caden Salter take that leap forward in terms of intangibles and leadership. And it never seemed like Hugh Freeze and his staff ever felt like Caden Salter did that. I'm not around him enough just in the media and certainly don't have a relationship with his family or with him to be able to comment whether that's actually happened and and who he is beyond the football field. But just reading into that and everything that's popped in, what Jamie Chabwell has clearly said today is, we know what the order is, but what he has also meant to say is, it's been a chaotic camp and we're looking for every advantage, which is why we don't want work getting out about our quarterback situation uh, until right before kickoff. And realistically, I mean, you can show up at the stadium on game day. Sorry, Liberty, but I'll, I'll bust the bubble on this. You can show up early on game day and you can start to watch warm-ups and figure out who the starting quarterback is based on who is taking the initial reps at quarterback because that's going to be the dead giveaway. I know. There are high school football coaches out there that would not divulge starters, yet somehow you could figure it out based on who is getting reps. Um, Liberty's not that petulant, but it is the truth of the situation, Trey, Um, But for Liberty, I just generally go with the theory of the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. And coaches often go with stability more than the risk-taking option, especially early before they're pushed out of their comfort zone. Yeah, I think uh, this. you talk about like them announcing it like as the game is happening. This reminds me of the the first college football game I ever attended as a student at Virginia Tech. It was the defending national champions, Ohio State, taking on Virginia Tech in Lane Stadium. It's a big game. And what was the big story going into that game? Who was going to start for the Buckeyes? Because obviously JT Barrett got hurt during last season and Cardell Jones came in and then they won the national championship. Mainly because they had this running back named Ezekiel Elliott who was pretty good in college and a really good defense full of a lot of NFL talent. But, and really good receiving core with like a Michael Thomas. But that's a different point. But no one knew who the starter was going into that game. And they actually went with the guy you could argue had the more upside, Cardell Jones, over the stability and JT Barrett ultimately making the flip halfway through the season. So this is I, this is not to that scale, which you could argue that Ohio State team is maybe is one of the best teams to not win a national championship or one of the most disappointing teams, especially in the playoff era, because you look how much talent was on that team. Um, but you could flip that to. Um, and, and you've seen this case with many of teams. I I believe that even if, let's say, Jonathan Bennett starts game one, and you could say the same thing about Virginia Tech, I would not be shocked if, one, Caden Salter gets snaps in the game, or two, 
he becomes the starter later in the season. I wouldn't either. And here's the other part to this, Trey. If you start Jonathan Bennett early and he stabilizes everything and the offense is functioning going forward, you can ride that out as long as possible unless he makes egregious mistakes. And he did have some moments of that last year. But if you start with Caden Salter, and the coaching staff isn't going to say this, they want to project confidence, but again, we get to interpret this here in the fast lane. If you're the coaching staff and you start with Caden Salter and his talent and say that he was clearly talented enough and taking the leadership steps forward to beat out Jonathan Bennett, and then he struggles, makes boneheaded decisions, maybe he has a really good game and the success goes to his head, uh, anything like that that could pop up, all of a sudden it becomes harder to rationalize to the fans, hey, we're taking the guy out with more upside and more raw ability for the guy that provides more stability. At that point, it really seems to lose the locker room where you can start with Jonathan Bennett. You know, if he's stable, everything's going well, it's easy to go. And if not, you yank the plug and you go with a guy like Caden Salter and say, all right, this is your turn. Uh, because once again, you've started a year where you're not the starting quarterback. Last year was Freeze, this year is Chadwell. And then you can build on that and say, either. It's your go time right now, and if it doesn't happen, you clearly know he's not the guy, and you can start looking at other options before, I don't think Jaden Bradford, the IMG Academy transfer, in a perfect world, he does not play as a true freshman when he comes in next year, assuming he sticks with his commitment to Liberty University. Um, in a perfect world, you, you redshirt him, and maybe he plays a snap here or there in you know mop-up duty or in a spot where he can get experience, but it doesn't count against the redshirt. So you'd still want an answer over the long haul. But I don't think you want the musical chairs game, and that's the part where you go with Liberty. And again, just everything that's popped up around this program, stability, stability, stability. And we will get more into this because that is a theme we are going to expand upon a little bit later on this week in the fast lane. If you want to expand upon your budget and you want to shrink your waistline, InsaneRadioDeals.com is where you can go to get those Crosswide Athletic Club three-month memberships for new members, individuals, couples, and families up to five, at InsaneRadioDeals.com. For more info, check it out and visit InsaneRadioDeals.com for other great experiences like Sequest of Lynchburg, the Lynchburg Hillcats general admission tickets, and reserve tickets, each with a $10 food voucher before the season wraps up. So get those now. Shop 24-7 at InsaneRadioDeals.com. There are other topics that we also get to address, and that's the beauty of what we do right now in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. This morning, GMS Racing announced that it will cease operations, shutting up, going out of business, whatever term you want, at the end of this upcoming season. A separate company they have, GMS Fabrication, will also close its doors so the NASCAR Truck Series team will be no more. Um, the reality is it's, it's sponsorship crunch. In the Xfinity Series and in the Truck Series, there are fewer teams that contend for wins week in and week out, week out than the NASCAR Cup Series. It's expensive to run the operations, and if you're a smaller mom-and-pop organization, they're the ones that get squeezed, and much like we're seeing in other sports, college football and college sports are experiencing this. Heck, other sports leagues as well. The big behemoths, college football playoff and the big schools there. Obviously, the NFL. Heck, I think NASCAR will probably be in this category, but the NBA certainly. They'll be fine financially. It's the little guy that gets squeezed out when hard economic decisions are made. This decision of GMS Racing to cease their truck series operation, I think is indicative 
of a bigger picture thing in the overall economy, which just so happens to be that as finances become tighter, it's the little guy that often suffers the most. Well, I will add that their owner is Marty Gallagher, who also owns Legacy Motor Club with Jimmy Johnson. They're making the flip to Toyota next year. And then obviously Toyota already has a truck team in Tricon Garage. So it just makes no sense to kind of keep the, they're not going to stay with Chevy, obviously. So it kind of, it kind of makes no sense on uh, multiple fronts. Indeed. That's another very valid point. For more of those, by the way, check out the Front Stretch Happy Hour podcast with Trey and his Jeopardy-loving colleagues. That's going to be on the YouTube page because it went really long, but it's it's a good episode. Whatever. The full Happy Hour podcast is up at Front Stretch on the podcast channels, and uh, it's downloaded, but it'll be a while before I actually get around to I say to Ed's name in it. I'll just tease that. Well, then check it out to hear what Trey has to say about me. Perhaps nicer than what he says about his colleague, Brian Nolan. Number four. Speaking of nice, it's nice if you're an Old Dominion fan to have an answer at quarterback. Ricky Ronnie, interviewed by local TV and ODU reporter uh, Ted Alexander, saying that Grant Wilson will start at quarterback for the Monarchs. Um, again, coaches like predictability, and this starter gives the most to an Old Dominion team that needs all the stability it can provide and have going into that game against Virginia Tech for a roster that has been hit hard by the transfer portal. Wilson is not the type of guy that's a major difference maker in terms of overall talent. Might help them when it comes to Sunbelt play, but the opportunities to win early in the year, especially against Virginia Tech, where they should be at a talent disadvantage, that is something that, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think... It provides stability. It's a better long-term decision, but I don't think it has much impact, at least for Old Dominion's chances at Virginia Tech in the season opener, which you can hear, by the way, starting at 6 p.m. next Saturday, September 2nd, right here on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside. And speaking of Virginia Tech, more on them and the Andrea Adelson story from ESPN.com around 545 when she joins us in the fast lane. By the way, speaking of Virginia Tech, but obviously a much somber note. Number three. NFL pro Caleb Farley bought a multi-million dollar home for his dad, Robert. And in what appears to have just been a freak situation, the home exploded overnight and killed Caleb Farley's dad. Um, It's just sad. I mean, sometimes it's wrong place, wrong time. I'm religious, and it's not to say that it doesn't hurt, it doesn't suck. There's there's oftentimes you go through the rest of your life just wondering why, and you never get that real clear answer, and this sure seems like it's the case. Um, but, I mean, it sucks. You know, yes, things happen for a reason, but that doesn't offer any level of consultation and consoling to someone like Caleb Farley and the remainder of his family that his father is killed in a freak situation with the home exploding where it's not someone else's poor judgment or somebody's poor judgment themselves or you know hitting a rough patch or anything like that. I mean, that's, that's just sucks. I mean, there's no other way to say it other than that. Number two. Back to college football. More on Virginia in a moment with Brad Franklin of CavsCorner.com because a former Tony Elliott disciple has apparently wowed his program enough that he has been named the starting quarterback. DJ Uyunglele named the starter at Oregon State uh, after, in many people's eyes, escaping Tony Elliott at the University of Virginia. How he does this year is ultimately going to be an indicator of, uh, again, what people think of Tony Elliott if Uyunglele succeeds at Oregon State this year in Corvallis. They're expected to be a really good team. And Virginia continues to struggle in the opposite direction. It will only shovel more coals 
into the furnace of people that believe that Tony Elliott is not the right guy to lead Virginia long term. Again, I, I hope that's not the case. I hope his guys being there will help him get a victory, two, three, four, or more. But as we noted in our votes of confidence last week, I would not exactly say I am optimistic about that and number one on the fast five at five-ish so liberty xavier galden and kobe singleton have been named as the senior bowl watch list players from liberty university um singleton's worth monitoring just because of liberty's defense and all the changes that are going on on that side of the ball Golden's the one that I've had my eye on for quite a while. He fits the intangible part. Everyone knows about his musical talents and certainly the leadership he's provided to that offensive line room in the uh, in lieu of uh, the tragic passing of teammate and offensive lineman Taj Boyd. But you, you've got another guy in there that he's been trained at multiple positions. He's played tackle some. He's played guard. He's played center. He's been on the right side of the offensive line, the, D, the left side of the offensive line. Truthfully, unless you have really good feet and length, it's hard to be a guy that is initially projected to be an offensive tackle in the NFL. There are guys that are at offensive tackle and sometimes very good in the NFL that don't fit those descriptions, but oftentimes it's guys that are later round picks and sometimes you're just wowing camp or you're the only option and you know the coaches clench their fists and white knuckle it and hope they're the guy and then find out the player fits that description maybe a guy like an Andrew Whitworth who used to be with the Rams never hit the measurables very well but clearly was very good in that particular role but inside the offensive line if you've got toughness if you've got leadership if you've got communicative skills if you work well with teammates and obviously offensive line is five guys working together as one those are big things going forward Again, I thought Galden's a guy that surely would merit that type of consideration for one of these postseason all-star games, the Shrine Bowl, the Collegiate Bowl, the Senior Bowl, these NFL showcase-type games. But uh, I'll stick with what I've said previously. I don't see it at offensive tackle, at least as a guy that will be projected to be there. He's probably a swing player on the offensive line on the inside. Harder, physical, grittier, not exactly as flashy as ever, but ever more important especially in an era where interior pass rush is extremely emphasized at the collegiate game but especially the nfl so golden don't be shocked to see him at tackle for much of the year if not all the year for liberty but projecting him going forward he may get time at tackle in the league but his best entry path is probably at offensive guard and there is your fast five at five when we return in the fast lane more on those aforementioned virginia cavaliers brad franklin of CavsCorner.com will give us the scoop as we are 10 days away from the bigger college football games week one of the slate including virginia we'll just call it at tennessee in the supposed neutral site game down in nashville looking ahead to that and the season for the who's next here in the fast lane on the cbs sports radio lynchburg app 